You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Welcome to MLB.com Extras, the Colorado Rockies. I am Allison Footer from MLB.com, and I am chatting with my good friend and colleague Thomas Harding, covers the Rockies and all of the eventful things that have been happening to this team in recent times. And Thomas, let's start with the call-up of a homegrown pitcher. So top pick in the 2013 draft, Mr. John Gray. Uh, by the time this runs, he will have made this start. But as we're speaking now, he is about to make his uh, debut. So how important is this for an organization, any organization, really, um, that calls up one of its own homegrown players, but especially the Rockies, seeing that this is how they're trying to build their organization? Exactly. And, I mean, the, the debut is a great thing. It'll be – and it's something that people will kind of focus on, but really it's the two months of the season that he'll get to pitch, that he'll get to go through some ups and downs, and you know there will be some downs in the major leagues, but also get to show his talents. Um, what, what, what you're looking at when you look at August and September, first in August you're playing against regular lineups. Everybody you pitch against will be a regular lineup. In September, if you're going against a team that's not in the race, then – who knows who you're facing, but if you're going against a team that's in the race, you're getting everything they have, all the matchups possible. So it, it really is a good way to accelerate the learning curve. With Gray here and Eddie Butler already here, and he came back from the minors a much better pitcher than he was when he was sent down, um, you start looking and, and you start thinking, gee, you know, let's see what the future rotation looks like. Can those two be a part of it at the start of next season? And you start putting together – various other things, like Jeff Hoffman from the Tulewitzki trade. Will he be ready next year? And you can, you, you can have something to look at and dream of a little bit. I mean, let's face it, the last month or so, it's been who is not going to be here and when are the Rockies going to get to their future. So they're starting to get there, and that's something to look forward to in August and September. Was John Clay having a really good run in the minor Like, Tell us a little bit about what, he's, what kind of season he's had. I'm sorry, again? John Gray, just his uh, just his minor league season. Like, what kind of season? I mean, obviously he was pitching well enough to get a call up, but what, what kind of uh, season was he having at the time of the call up? Um, facing more experienced hitters, when when he began the season, there were some maturity issues and the ability to handle some ups and downs because he had never faced hitters of that um, level of experience before. But about four starts in, you saw him figure out what he was doing wrong, figure out that he needed to sharpen his breaking pitch, and, and also figure out a way to get guys out after getting two strikes on them. It was a problem early, but you saw him start knocking things off of the list, as, as the Rockies often talked about. Um, he got better at fielding the position. He still, needs some, he still needs some development as far as holding runners on, but if you can strike out guys the way that he has struck out guys, maybe you don't need to run them as close, hold them as close. I mean, Dwight Gooden never paid any attention to runners, really. But um, he's he's a guy with a fastball that not only can work low in the zone and get ground balls, which you want at Coors Field, but also he can go up in the zone, force guys to swing and miss. And that's something this team has lacked for a long time. Um, it, really, since Baldo Jimenez, he's probably been the best at it. But if he can... Um, if he can control bat speed, if he can find ways to get through innings quicker, which I think will be a, which I think will be a 
process for him. It won't be something he will be doing immediately. You could see a guy who could pitch at the front of the Rockies rotation, survive Coors Field, and be a part of a winning team. Wow. Okay. So um, now they recalled recently, and this is not as big of a news because this wasn't like his first call-up, and he's been in the organization a long time, but a former number one pick from 2010, um, Kyle Parker. So uh, where does he fit in, and is this like, I mean, where where does he stand in, in favor with the team? And, I mean, he's like, he's what, 26 years old? So what's, uh, what was the thinking on that? Well, uh, th- that had been a source of frustration for a lot of their fans, especially the ones that really follow the minor league side. Here he is, the number one pick, but there was no place for him. But that was the problem. There was no place for him. Last year, when they called him up, Justin Morneau was going for a batting title. Um, you could argue that maybe they should have played him a little bit more and set Michael Kadire more, but you, Kadire was a the guy they were thinking about retaining through free agency. Um, <clears throat> finally, he gets a chance. And, there is, and he is what the Rockies want their organization to be in the future. Um, he's, he plays left field. He also plays first base. They added first base to it. What, what they're looking for are guys who can play a couple of different positions so that there are ways to get them on the field in matchup situations, like at first base. Ben Paulson, uh, a former high draft pick who's really performed well for them, He's a left-handed hitter at first base. What if there is a platoon situation with the right-handed hitting Kyle Parker? Um, you've got it in left field, Corey Dickerson. His injury has given Parker a chance, but can you rest Corey on certain days and have Kyle Parker out there in the field? Um, they're looking for different ways to maximize their roster, get as many at-bats out of people as possible. And if you can, and, and if he can get his feet settled at the big league level like he did at AAA this year, then you can have a pretty good hitter with some power, with the, with the ability to hit line drives, and a very good athlete. So did I see that you spotted some free Kyle Parker signs, or there's been some online movements, or the fans are, like you said, yes. like really backing him? That's right. Yeah, the free Kyle Parker movement has finally <laughs> produced what it wanted. They, they have, they've had what they wanted, but it's been difficult here um, because you have – a corner outfielder now with Corey Dickerson when he was in the lineup hitting 315 and with some power, and then Carlos Gonzalez in the other corner, where was there for him to play? And also when Ben Paulson performed well, where was there for him to play? With um, same, with, same with Justin Morneau. Now, at some point, I think that the free Kyle Parker activists will change their signs and make it for Trevor Story or Christian Adamas, two guys who – Two middle infielders, uh, Story, your former number one pick, and Adamas out of the, the, the Dominican Republic, who was a triple-A all-star this year. You still have that issue where uh, D.J. LeMahieu is playing second base, and while they have traded Troy Tulowitzki, they have <clears throat> Jose Reyes at the shortstop position, and that kind of blocks some of the prospects that they have in the middle infield. So I think that uh, those activists will have something else to get behind, another cause. <laughs> Hey, it keeps people occupied, like you said, until football training camp goes. Um, That's right. So, Kyle Kendrick, did he have an MRI, and do we know what the results were from that? Um, at this point, we do not know what the MRI results are. Um, there's a suspicion that there's some rotator cuff damage in there. Now, what rotator cuff damage is, you're not sure until you really go in and get the MRI results. Um, but... <clears throat> What happened, he's been pitching through some sort of tightness, discomfort, pain, whatever it is, all season, but it wasn't until the last start on Friday night in St. Louis 
that the velocity drift, which is a telltale sign that something that, that something is wrong. Uh, a lot of the fans were upset. It's like, well, if he had had some shoulder fatigue, why didn't they stop him before? But let's face it: if a pitcher has shoulder fatigue or some or some pain and his velocity doesn't go go down, if you put him on the DL then and you did that with everybody, you wouldn't have enough guys to pitch a game. I mean, this is a sport where there's going to be some discomfort, there's going to be some pain, and you are expected to pitch through it. Now, he wasn't the most effective pitcher, but I don't know that it had as much to do with the shoulder tightness as much as just not getting the ball in the right location. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll have to keep an eye on that. I mean, the Rockies seem to be a team that might really benefit, like, once September 1 hits and they can, you know, call up some guys and it'll be, uh, you know, it's a little early to start talking about that, but just to kind of see what they've got and then give some guys a break um, and, you know, kind of let – I mean, they have to figure out still a way to get through the season, right? Yeah, they've got to figure out a way to get through the rest of this season, and it will be interesting to see because Carlos Gonzalez obviously has played very well in right field. Um, <clears throat> does the team come after him in a waiver deal? I mean, it's a huge contract. You know it's going to clear waivers. Does a team get desperate and say, we really need that left-handed bat and make a trade and and, and, and kind of get the offseason started for the Rockies? Or is this going to be a winter thing? Uh, what happens with Jose Reyes in the winter? What happens with Gonzalez? Do they build a roster that is on the same timetable as their pitching, or do they try to have this lineup that can win a championship and just hope the pitching comes across um, and, and comes through and gets good a year ahead of time? Um, you know, a, a lot of people feel that, uh, yeah, give it a shot in 16, give the fans something to look forward to. However, they tried that in 15 uh, with Tula Whiskey and Gonzalez and Morneau, but they didn't have the pitching. So why not? Uh, so the other thought is why not take a step back? Uh, can we see some of Trevor's story and Christian Adamas at the major league level before the season ends? And are they going to be good enough to go into next year with those guys in prominent roles? Absolutely. Okay, Thomas, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Talk to you next week. Thanks for having me. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.